Hello, and welcome to Tigers in Translation, the podcast that tells Princeton students' stories in their own voices. We hope to build community around language at Princeton and spark conversations about our experiences. I'm Amanda, and today we will hear from Darius. Today, I'm taking you back to when I was a little five-year-old boy and will always run to welcome any and all visitors to my home and ask them if they'd like to hear a good song. Without waiting for their answer, I would immediately start. La tête fait la danse à la mode, à la mode. La tête fait la danse à la mode de chez nous. The singing was accompanied by dancing, or should I say just random movements of the body part that I was singing of. It was truly a funny show to watch. When my mother recounts these stories, we always laugh at how enthusiastic I was at such a tender age, but she never misses a chance to say how careful I would be to pronounce all the words correctly and how much that made her and dad proud. The way I spoke, my careful pronunciation was an indication of how well I was doing in school. But everything changed when the language of instruction in Rwanda changed from French to English. I had to restart the process of learning, the meticulous pronunciation of words, the hard exercises to get rid of an accent. All that is what I've been doing over the past 10 years. And I still feel the urge of practicing, especially now that the dream of going to a prestigious university is becoming reality. I want to fit in. After these long years of never-ending practice and training my tongue to twist itself in unfamiliar ways, I can't help but ask why. Why is it so important that I speak good English? Why is it so important for me to fit in? So I'm going to share with you how my eyes finally opened up and how I realized that all these years of training are a way of blurring and changing my real identity, my Rwandan identity. In my third year of primary school, the news broke that we will no longer be learning in French, but in English. Being a fan of a good adventure, I thought it was going to be a good experience but I didn't know how intense it was going to get in my fourth year. I remember the chapter very well. Question tags. It started off smooth. You're going to the market, aren't you? They're coming to visit, aren't they? Then the teacher pointed at the first question tag with his thin bamboo stick. He said, repeat after me, aren't you? Then to the second, aren't they? He repeated the process twice, and the whole class, almost 36 students, would say, aren't you? And aren't they? After that, he started with the first column, going from student to student individually, telling them to complete the question tag. He asked everyone the same question. They are going to the market. Then the student would have to say, aren't they? 
but almost the whole class, including me, would answer, aren't they? And for our wrong pronunciation, we got two quick strikes of the bamboo stick. Now, I'm not going to emphasize or focus on the multiple levels of how wrong it is to beat a 10-year-old's for the way they speak. And yes, we were even beaten for every other mistake. But I'm going to focus on how we were told that it was for our own good, that it was in our best interest to speak as well as the English themselves or the Americans, because it is what would later determine the opportunities that are available to us. We were told that our accent is an insult to the language. Whether it's French or English, I had to speak like native speakers. So to avoid a massacre of the language, I started training my tongue to pronounce the R's and say your shirt instead of your shirt in order to get rid of my accent. What I didn't realize was that I was silencing my real voice. The voice that shows where I come from, the voice that represents who I truly am. I was locking myself in and assuming another identity that held my true self in bondage. I was so afraid of standing out as an African, the Rwandan, who is unable to speak good English or proper French. And I gave in to the oppression that my country fought so hard to be independent of. Now I know that there is strength in who I am. There is strength in the accent that that I have tried very hard to get rid of. Now I say no more to the constant reshaping of my speech. I say enough to trying to fit in by imitating the way Americans, the French, or the English speak. For I am African, I am Rwandan, and my way of speech tells the story of where I come from. It is okay. Actually, let me rephrase that. It is important for my speech to stand out because I am the intersection of two worlds. I may move to the U.S. for a few years, but while I'm there, I must not forget who I am, where I come from. I am Rwandan, and I am proud of my accent. so much for sharing your story, Darius. Could I ask you a few more questions about your story? Sure, of course. All right. So my first question is, what inspired you to tell your story? Um, I guess it was really Franz Fanon. Um, during the summer, we were reading uh, one of his, uh, well, it was an excerpt of uh, one of his books, Black Skin, White Masks. And uh, he was talking about how uh, an African 
would uh, try very hard to, to speak French correctly and uh, to resemble the Frenchman. And I, I, it kind of resonated with uh, my experience as a child and I ended up uh, doing this. Wow, that's awesome. So how has going to school in another country affected your relationship with language? Um, as I said, it's, uh, it's, it's a weird experience, honestly, because I once again, I'm kind of in this place where I am worried about my pronunciation and uh, the, if uh, I'm going to say something wrong and maybe someone will not comprehend me and it would lead to awkward conversations all around and uh, basically uh, not so good experience, right? So I'll, I, I would say that it's a bit challenging, uh, but I believe I'm going to get through it. And part of the reason why I did this is because I think it shouldn't be challenging. Like, um, we, we shouldn't have this stress. So it's still a challenge for me. I didn't do this to say that I'm over it. Uh, it's a process. And... Uh, I'm in the process. <laughs> yeah, I completely feel you on that. Um, so my final question is, what do you want listeners to take away from your story? I think listeners should just uh, be comfortable with who they are because uh, at the end of the day, our accent is part of who we are and uh, the, the way we pronounce words shows that you, you belong in a certain place. So we should not try to, though this is something I have done. And again, part of the reason why I did this is to say, well, I should not have done this. Um, and, well, I want them to just be themselves and not feel this pressure that I felt. And uh, I, hope this, I hope that my story gets uh, them to do that. That's beautiful. Again, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me and uh, for uh, listening to my story. Tigers in Translation is supported by the Rapid Response Magic Project of the Princeton University Humanities Council. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you have a story you want to share? You can reach our team at tigersintranslation at gmail.com. Our production team includes Amanda Bond, Tyler Bennett, Londi Hernandez, Mariam Camel, Annika Mascara, and Tanvi Nabonapati. Our faculty advisor is Dr. Sean Gonzalez. Thanks for listening.